Welcome back to Dirtbag Cinema, where we cover everything from the Dolby to the drive-in. I'm Stephen King, and I'm here with my two compadres, Scott Decker. Get over here! And Rick T. What up? Uh, episode 16, uh, at the end, just go ahead and drop a little uh, bobber in the water here. There's going to be some some big announcement that well, has already sort of been dropped, and we're going to confirm it here. Big news. On the cast, uh, the dailies this week, guys. We got a lot of stuff that has come out, a lot of trailers that have uh, been hitting screens, and uh, anything that uh, piqued your interest? Any uh, anything on your radars? Yes, the uh, the Conjuring, the new Conjuring movie is coming out, and uh, color me excited. Right. The uh, devil made me do it. I forgot that this one was happening. I thought we were getting the werewolf movie. That's not a werewolf movie no, at yeah. all. But uh, I saw the first uh, trailer for it yesterday, and uh, you, you saw it, didn't you? Yeah. Man, I am a sucker for the uh, the Devil Possession movies. To me, they are, when done right, the most effective form. The Possession movie as a whole, like that whole subgenre of horror, just, uh, that's the one that gets me. Like, those are the ones that scare <coughs> me. You know, like, I will jump. Like, usually I'm pretty, I'm pretty stone cold in the theater. Like, not a lot rocks me. But the the possession all the way from, you know, paranormal activity to when they're done right. And that's the other thing. Big budget horror. They do big budget horror right over there in James Wan's camp. And I'm excited for this one. Well, it basically owned the 2010s. That whole subgenre was. And that was, that's, you know, that's a conversation for another day. But that's my whole thing whenever (laughs) I get into, uh, (laughs) you know, get get into it with the the zombie hate. Where, like, the movies that have... uh, Sort of dominated in uh, maybe I'd say an oversaturation. I don't mind an oversaturation generally because the more the merrier. But right. people don't tend to mention that that those movies kind of just rapid fire coming uh, primarily being driven by James Wan's camp. Right, which... but he he also brought and we are veering wild. We have, we are at two minutes into the cast and we are already off on a tangent. <laughs> but no, everybody's like, oh, he did all this and this. Yeah, but he brought like good quality films with that. Absolutely. So. The Conjuring was in like my top, probably my top ten of the 2010s for sure. Absolutely, but I mean Wilson and uh, Farmiga, man, like uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. They, even when they're the side character in the movie, they just bring so much to it. I love seeing them. I don't know too much about this uh, new director. I don't, it's not uh, Juan directing; it's some other new cat. But it looks dope. Like it looks like it was a prolific serial killer. Pretty much just said, uh, "I was possessed." Devil, devil, <laughs> devil made me do it. That's a pretty good defense. Yeah. <laughs> Try to prove otherwise. But uh, nah, it looks like there's a whole bunch of tricks in it, you know, a whole bunch of practical scares. And I'm I'm all for it, man. And I'm just surprised. Because when I saw Mortal Kombat yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Movies are coming back out again. Because I had like eight trailers. I was like, oh, shit. I'm ready <laughs> yeah. to see musicals. I'm ready to see horror movies. I'm ready to see all kinds of crazy shit. But mostly this. I told Tristan mostly. that yesterday. It's like, prepare for the... The Avalanche, because it's been pent up. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of movies that were you know slid back, and now now it's uh expect a big tidal wave. I think it's going to be exciting to see what uh, finally gets to come out. Good call. The other thing, I, I I'm not saying that it's going to be a banger, but I saw a second trailer for Cruella. All right, all right. And all I'm gonna say is it looks better. It looks like they they they're steering a more honest ship in this one. Like they it, they actually put a an antagonist in it, like a reason why she's supposed to be a bee. It looks like the devil yep. wears. It looks like the devil wears Prada. And here's what I will say: 
is it's still going to be dumb, but you put Emma Thompson in it. Emma Thompson is queen. All right. I love Emma Thompson. She cannot do any wrong. You put her as the quote unquote bad guy. And hell, if now the uh, the inflection in Emma Stone's voice makes sense because she's parodying her and. I'm going to see it. I'm not saying it's not going to be, you know. That was my uh, question. You're going to go to the theater and see it? Oh, absolutely. You know me. I've seen worse. I can guarantee you I've seen worse. But I'm saying <laughs> that the second trailer gives it a little bit a little bit more meat. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm so, not. But I don't care bit. who you try to paint as the antagonist in this movie. The chick that kills dogs is the antagonist. No, they made. I those. don't care how much she looks like Harley Quinn or what you want to do with <laughs> Devil Wears Prada. I don't care. I'm not She's justifying not. the movie. I still think they don't need to make it. But I am saying that you take a bad movie and put Emma Thompson. Right. And right. look, at, okay. look, Rick was right. Those Dalmatians gave her the the, the side eye in the trailer. Maybe they do deserve to die. Yeah, oh, maybe they don't, do. Don't 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 lose it, man. Don't go off the rails on me. It's she's still <laughs> terrible. I don't know. I am kidding. I love all animals. Peta, forgive me. All I'm saying, movie still looks bad, but it looks like a better version of bad with Emma Thompson in it. I mean, yeah. Emma Stone's still gonna keep making movies. I mean, it's not gonna hurt her in any way, shape, or form. Right. But right. I don't know. All I said was it looks better than previously stated. Well, fair enough. This trailer was better than the first trailer, but I still... I'm really trying no to way out of that. figure out how you're expected to root for her in this. I kind of want to know how Scar got his scar. You know? I, I guess so. <laughs> uh, that movie's on the way, bro. Yeah. It's on the way. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Well, we can come up with all of them. Just give the, you know, they're not so bad. Because, I mean, Disney's trying to sugarcoat everything now. They're trying to make right. all their bad guys good guys. I like the half black, half white hair she's got going on. I think you should do that, Scott. It'd look great for you. Yeah. I, th- I think I could pull it off right down with the, the middle. With the mustache. Right, <laughs> right down the middle of the mustache. Howdy, hi. We're going to get a uh, Cruella cut. Oh, my God. The, the, speaking of Best Picture, we've got the Oscars tonight. Um, I, I know we'll probably dedicate some time next week to kind of go over what happens. Um, anything you guys want to say about that before the show? If Nomadland wins that, it will be a travesty. There is no way that that movie is better in any shape or form than Judah and the Black Messiah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I think, yeah, Nomadland does deserve its props for sure. Um, I won't be heartbroken if it wins. Like I said, that, that movie... Is is outstanding, but it is. Yeah, and also it's not a. I mean, hell, we have more movies in this month coming out in the theater than we had at all twenty twenty. No so, kidding. Yeah, I mean, I will not be upset. Obviously, I love Nomadland the same as you, and I didn't get to see the breadth of stuff I did the previous year, so I'm pulling for Francis. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. So yeah, next week we'll cover that a little bit more, I guess, it's in depth with you know when the winners kind of come out. But anything else you guys want to cover before we uh, dive into this week's the, the meat and potatoes? I got nothing. All right. Well, as you know, promised here we we uh, we got an announcement coming out, and I guess now is a more appropriate time to kind of talk about that because it's going to preface uh, what this week's episode is sort of about. We have dropped an announcement that we're starting a YouTube channel. We are 
super excited to do that. We're big physical media fans. We're big, you know, we like to do deep dives on stuff. You know, obviously we don't always have the opportunity to do on the uh, weekly show. So <clears throat> we're going to branch out into the video format a little bit and use that to showcase some of these things that we hold near and dear to our hearts. And so we figured it would be a good idea to talk a little bit about why physical media <clears throat> matters so much to us. You know, we talk about labels and stuff each week, and we're not really talking this week about the individual um, the, the labels that we like to shop or things that are you know, our favorite releases or things like that, but more or less like what physical media is to us, why it's important to uh, movies as a whole, the, not just the industry, but the culture of it and sort of like our, our history with it. Like what, you know, we going back, we talked a little bit about it on blockbuster episode. We kind of dipped our toes into it, but this is where we get a chance to really crack it open and talk about our love for the discs, man. I mean, let, let's take it a little bit further back, man. Let's talk about uh, VHS. I let's had a, uh, and I'm kicking myself now because now that I'm a <clears throat> kind of a hipster, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm trying to get all the ones I had back VHS wise. But I mean, I had a rather large collection of VHS when they were still uh, in the norm. I had, you know, the big old Godfather set that was like eight, you know, cassettes right. wide and everything. And I don't you know. I guess my collector's mentality goes all the way back there. You had the the man. We were just talking about this the other day. The Jurassic uh, Jurassic Park two with the the, lenti- yeah. the lenticular. I was oh. just thinking about that. I, I oh, wore yeah. that tape out, man. I, For I, sure. With the T Rex coming through the wall or whatever. It was just such a. I did. I started. Yeah, my my uh, love for the physical media. It started with those kinds of things, like those cool VHS covers, and it's it's a piece of art on its yeah. own, you know, and. I mean, I don't, I, that might be my favorite, you know, when I was growing up as a young, young guy, like that, that might've been my favorite VHS was that dinosaur coming through that wall. Absolutely. 100%. And I'm, I'm getting ready to buy it again. <laughs> Just because I need to, I need to get it. Yeah. Did you have a VHS? Uh, so the one that up? stands out to me is uh, the Rugrats movie. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Bright orange. That's that's the first colored one that I can remember. Um, I had a lot of the like Disney sing along song ones. Yeah. I'm not too ashamed to admit it. Hell Hundreds no, of them. No. Um, the clamshells, baby. Yeah. I it, mean, who would have thought that what one guy, uh, I don't know how they pulled this off. I heard a while back that somebody had like all the original clamshells. I mean, I don't know, sold it for a timeshare in fucking New Zealand or Jesus something. I don't know what's Christ. going on. But, like, I had a whole bunch of them, too, you know? Yeah. But, like, I, I know we've probably brought up this movie more than any other podcast or any other person in the world, but Anaconda had such a good <laughs> <Yeah>, HS <laughs> cover. Oh, man. I mean, just so many. And, and that bleeds over into DVDs and so on, like, to what we do probably every week is blind buy a movie yes. for a spectacular cover. Like, I've done it. I've been victim to it. I'll buy... I know you've got. I'm looking at them over here right now. You got some real turds on this shelf that have a really killer cover. Yeah, this guy. No, they, some gems, man. <laughs> yeah, some gems on that shelf. I, you know, and that's that's the thing too. Is like the blind buy. I mean, now you kind of have. Um, I guess the special feature has really grown into its own sort of. I, I just. It, the the pitch now is so much stronger than it used to be. You know, when you had like maybe one making of, like you can talk about blooper reels, things like that. But now you have, oh my God, these interviews and, and shit like that. But you, you're right. Like when you blind buy, you know, you, when back whenever it was like just these like small, you know, few, few featurettes here and there, you're buying that, you know, one, you love the movie, but if you don't know what you're getting into, it's all about that presentation. Yeah. And 
yeah, that that was that was what it was all about. Like we talk about video stores, you know, walking down the aisles and like really being captivated by the covers and stuff. And that's something that you know is important, I think, for movies going forward. Like we talk, there's this like weird dilemma, which kind of the elephant in the room here is that there's a lot of people who would insist that it's better to stream, easier to stream. I mean, why do you need a, a Blu-ray player? Then that's that's a question that comes up a lot. If you're not a if you love watching movies, but maybe you're not a collector, like what what's the importance of it? You know, and that's that's a question I think we could tackle today. Those people, those people are not good people. You know, are, I, <laughs> they are the scum of the earth. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that question in preparation for this. Is um. I do have an, I'm getting ready to get rid of all my, I know I keep saying it, but like I got, you know, the Disney's and the Hulu's and everything and I'm getting ready to get rid of them. I have hundreds, this is not an exaggeration, hundreds of films on my shelf that I've not watched. Yeah. That I've paid full price and in some cases more than full price to watch. And I was like, nah, I don't need it. Like, you know, I'd come over here and watch something with you, go to Rick's, watch something on Hulu, whatever. I always get an email that's like, this is getting ready to come off of this streaming service. You know what won't come off of my shelf? Any of my movies. If I want to watch Crab Monsters Attack, it's always going to be right there. It's not leaving Hulu to go to Tubi. It's not leaving Tubi to go to Shudder or any of these things. It's going to stay on my shelf. Or even more, like, just ominous, leaving, period. And right. that's the real concern that I know I have is that you you talk about like the powers that be, if you will, deciding which movies are where. And a lot of times it comes down to licensing, right? And, and you know, can we afford this? And it's a corporate decision. But it can also be as a fan of these scumbag movies that exist out there. Like I love the, the deep dive trash horror shit like that. There aren't people who want to give that a home. There's some out there, but they're not the they're not the suits, right? They're not the that's not going to make you the money and. If you have, even today, you run, if you, if you subtract the physical media, um, outlet for people, if, if it just becomes too much of a pain in the ass to people, they feel, oh, we're not going to make any money on that. We're not going to put this on disc. We're just going to stream it. You run the risk of certain movies never being seen. Joe Bob talked about this a little bit, you know, maybe it was season one, late season one, season two. I can't remember, but he made a great point. Like dictators love streaming. You've got, um, maybe that was an article he wrote. I can't remember. Either way, his point was like you can, when you have that kind of that authority over what movies get get out there. It's not about like cutting out these movies that are obviously a problem. It's the ones that are inconvenient or the ones that ah we just don't want to roll the dice on that. And there are movies that you know because of the home video outlet are now a staple in our lives. Like we know about these movies and they've, they've changed the industry in some, in, in certain cases, but it was because they had the outlet to, to, to be seen. It was, it wasn't, it never hit big screens. And, but because of that home video option, we have certain movies today that, um, yeah, really would never have, you know, we would never know about them. And, and that's the risky run when it comes to streaming, because it's the same idea. Maybe the maybe the suits, if you will, don't care about that. We don't want to roll the dice. We don't want to be. We don't want that to. That's just too much of a headache, you know. That's that's some subject matter we don't want to tackle. Well, you know that that doesn't just stop at it. There's no there's no wall there. That can go on and on and on. And before you know it, every movie is Disney villains trying to be good guys. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Say one positive thing. <laughs> 
No, but I think the streaming thing has just become too overwhelming for me anyway. Like, I've always collected physical media, but now it's just getting it's getting a bit too much for me. Like, there's entirely too many, and I get it. Like, you're trying to make they're trying to make their money too. Right. I 100% get it. But you know what? I'd really like just to walk over to my shelf, find the damn thing, stick it in the player. Well, and that's kind of, and I think I made that point a few episodes back, but it's like, it, there's an intent with that. Like, how many times we go to the streaming service and just throw it on because we want something, white noise, if you will, whatever you want to call it. People fall asleep to streaming services, and that's kind of inevitable. Like, it's not, it doesn't take anything. Convenience has a cost. You made that point on the Blockbuster episode, Rick. Yeah. That you do trade in something for convenience. It might take the extra 30 seconds to go to your shelf and grab it and put it in a player, but you did it on purpose. I concur. I would like my shelf to be like, well, you just watched this. How about... Like a ticker <laughs> tape top yeah, or something? Yeah. How, uh, would you like to watch Rocky Four? <laughs> you know, like, uh, that would be convenient. But I, I, I you know, I'm not going <laughs> to... This is one of my Starship Trooper. Would you like to know more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. But I mean, to your point... um, Tammy and the T-Rex is not going to be on Netflix anytime soon, you know? But because of physical media, because of Vinegar Syndrome alone, yes. that movie is kind of really talked about the past year. Well, ACFA, you know, I, I love those guys because of what they do. They go after movies that, I mean, you talk about like, oh, this is the only surviving 35mm print. You know, if, if something happens to that, this movie's gone. They literally go out and they... they sort of help immortalize these movies that were near extinction in a sense. And that's, that's really cool. As a film lover, that is like, it really is like a historic kind of thing as a, as a lover of like movie history. That's, that's something that really grabs, grabs me is when you, you, this was almost gone, but because of this medium, I mean, there's nobody out there. Netflix is not going to stream the Wakali would that the double action bill, you know, from Uganda, they're not going to do that. Probably but, not anytime soon. No. No. But, I mean, to your point about extras, like, you have, you know, I mean, I know we're a sucker for our limited edition this and that, but, like, the bonus features are one of the biggest grabs. I mean, if not the biggest grab for physical media. And I know you mentioned a couple episodes back about somebody was trying to, like, put out the idea of a streaming service for bonus features. Fuck that person. Well, it's... I know it's kind of going against what we're talking about now, but not really. Like, it's not. You're, yeah. There's a reason why it's called a bonus feature. Yeah. It's in addition to something. Yeah. Like, if you go out there and... And, and if you want to do the work on your streaming service, if you want to go out and do the interviews, I guess I can't really say anything, but to go and take from the folks who have done them, artwork... The transfer, all the interviews, all the, oh my God, it's just, it's a huge labor to get this thing put together. And then to go out and say, no, we're just going to peel that off and throw it on a streaming service for someone to zonk out to. Hey, no, you can take a lap. I don't, and, and it, these are high profile people that were saying this in the horror industry. I'm not going to name drop here, but I, I could not believe that this was somebody who had such a high profile saying something like this and not realizing maybe what they were saying. Because if you did realize what you were saying, then... Well, if you want to burn that down and you want to take away from that, that that's you don't belong in that industry, in my opinion. So. I agree. That fool-ish. That come off hot because I'm a little bit mad about Your that. Your face is red right now. <laughs> Rightfully so. I mean, we were talking about this a couple of weeks. It's a, just so dumb, especially when, like, this year, or the past, like, two or three years, like, these boutique companies or anything are really starting to, you know, 
really Pop get off. boom. Yeah, they really yeah. are. Like it's it's so weird. Like going into Walmart or Target or Best Buy, oh. all these places, it's like dwindling down. Yeah, Rick, you made that point about the CD section, like yeah, how it's... it went from aisles to maybe six feet. Yeah, it's you know it's things change with the times. That's inevitable, but it, it is really sad. I was in there a month and a half ago or so, and you know every every time you step in there, the CD section gets about a foot shorter. You know they had probably a you know five by five section of Taylor Swift's new album and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, and, and it used to be seemingly like a year ago that you would go in there and you would see several aisles of um, DVDs and Blu-rays. Right. And now, at least in our Walmart, it's cut down to one lane, and you know, who's, who knows what's going to look like in a year, two years? Do we even have it anymore? Is it all streaming? There's there's convenience, but you're screwed if the if the internet's out that day. Exactly. That's, that's always been like everybody's like Scott. Why do you have so many movies you're throwing away? I'm like, yeah, but my my, my internet hasn't worked for like two weeks now. It's like I don't know. Spectrum, you're dropping the fucking ball. I can't watch anything on streaming to save my ass. But you know what I can watch? Every single thing I have on my shelf. Right. Every single thing. Without fail, I can watch it. So when Skynet takes over and I'm in a fucking bunker, I can still watch uh, Malabimba or any of these crazy-ass movies, right? I can, I can watch every Halloween movie in sequential order. I can watch anything I want to if I have the disc with me. Right. And the other side of the court, like, the other part of it is if eventually these physical copies do get eliminated, what are these streaming services going to do? Oh, they're going to yeah. hike their prices up. Yeah. Because they know that's the only option you can get. Or, you know, like where you can buy them online, like on your Xboxes and Playstations or whatever. They're just going to hike up. But Amazon made that point, too, a while back. They basically said that even if you buy a movie from them, you're not buying the movie. They're giving you the uh, the license to watch it whenever you want. But as soon as they say, no, we're done with this, they can take that from you. I remember when that was a thing. They're like, hey, you can't... It's the same thing with digital copies. Right. I never keep them. I always give them to people, right? But they, they're a limited window thing, too. Like Wasn't it's, Ultraviolet it's, that went down? I was one of them. Like, it's, like a lot of my buddies use them, so I just give them out. Yeah. Because I'm not going to use the damn things anyway. But he had an entire thing built up with dozens and dozens of movies and that whole thing just went tits up yeah because i had a, an account when i first started buying blu-rays i set one up i never watched those things but i thought oh i'll just kind of you know if i'm gonna own them i might as well and yeah i got an email when they went belly up and it was basically saying if you want <coughs> um to keep they had to take some steps to keep it because when the library was when they went and they shut off the lights your library's gone yeah You'd spend all that money on those movies, and which is weird because you can't. You never get rid of anything in the cloud. It seems weird to me that all your movies are gone, but a nudie you took a couple years ago is still wandering around out there somewhere. I don't. I don't really get that because I don't trust them. Never happened to me, but well, I'm not saying I ever did it. I'm just saying. I, you always hear these horror stories about people's information getting leaked. Yeah. Well, if your stuff is getting leaked, how come they can't bring back Jaws three on in the cloud? Right. That's a good point. They choose not to. Yeah. And that's that's the it's whole because Universal wants your dollar fifty for the next time you buy it. Well, and, and you know, kind of the streaming thing. We've got the pitch was at the beginning, right? When it was like Netflix, Hulu, right? That was pretty much it, right? And it was, I'll cut the cord. 
It's so much more expensive to have cable. And now you're sitting with, you have like every single network, major network, has a streaming service. In addition to your Amazons, your Netflixes, your Hulus, your what else, Disney, all of these, you're going to end up, if you have everything, you're looking at what, 120 to 150 bucks probably? They're, and they're, they're really starting to branch off. There's like Discovery Plus and like Paramount Plus, fucking Peacock, who took my office from me. Yes. I need to just go out and buy the set. And what's the plus? Like, it, what are you giving they us? They got wrestling on there now. That's Discovery Plus. But I mean, yeah, you what cut, is that? You cut the cord, but you got the brain chip. That's pretty you, much, yeah. If you want all those things without commercials, you're right. You're paying 100 bucks. Absolutely. Now you're, you get more selection, but it's not, like, as opposed to cable, if I wanted to go watch something, I could just go stream it. So, like, it's not the same, but the you're thing- still paying I enjoy like so the thing that's kind of it, it is a double edged sword because Shutter I I love Shutter you know and an arrow split arrow player I like that because and when I have to be budget conscious and I'm not able to just throw all the money at Arrow there are there have been a handful of movies that I've watched to decide if I want to buy it now or later it's never a question of if I'm going to buy it generally it's like do I need to buy it right now and I'll watch the movie and think okay well I. I want me. I'll probably want to know more about this movie, but I'll wait, you know, and I'll buy X, Y, because you know you got to plan once you start getting all these movies on your list. You gotta, I mean, gotta Speak keep the lights yourself. on. Yeah. Gotta, you know, gotta pay the bills. I can only really imagine what your guys' cart looks like. It's we talk like every time there's a sale or whatever the hell we we'll go like, back and forth. Probably you guys have like don't understand every <laughs> single week, several times a week. It feels like I get a picture of one of the two of these guys buying like. Six DVDs. <laughs> I, they have some kind of side hustle. I don't know what they're doing to afford this. God bless them. But yeah, I mean, Steven's catalog is smaller than Scott's. It's way more impressive. <laughs> but they're big fans here. First off, Rick, I, I, I got no words. You're pissing me <laughs> off. When you come over next time. You're right. You're right, though, Rick. No, no. <laughs> Quality over quantity. Steven's. Is very impressive. I'm not going to denigrate his titles. It's very good. But I've also been doing this a hell of a lot longer. That's you, the only reason true. I have more. It's true. I've been doing. I've been collecting this stuff since my teens. Early. I mean, teens. earlier like, we were talking movies back in fourth grade. Like, we you started getting movies, man. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Because I have a full time job. You. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason. I had to find something to do with all that money. When you're a fifth grader and you're bawling out of control from your busboy money, like you had to do something, and that was my nest egg. Was, yeah, he was coming in every day. You know, we're talking about the new Godfather he picked up or the Led Zeppelin CD. Yeah, and I, so it's doing that all why, the media. That's why I try, I, you know, his, his uh, collection is spectacular to blow any normie out of the water. The only reason I have more, the only reason is because I've been doing it since I could walk. That's the only reason, the, like, and, I, and I took years out. I there, there was a there was a, a time a couple of years honestly where I was like, "This is dumb. What am I doing? I could have bought an Escalade." <laughs> like I was I was counting up, and I was like, "With what's on my shelf now, I could go buy one of those Elon Musk super jets." And I was like, "Oh, this is dumb." And then I was like, "What are you talking about? This is you. You're like this is your exactly. thing. Well, snap out of it." And Plus then you can't I can't drive a jet. Yeah, what am I going to do with that thing? <laughs> but you know, 
<laughs> it brings me joy, Rick. And uh, when you come over next week and we do our episode and you look at my shelf, you will eat your words. <laughs> Make no mistake. I'm not knocking it. I just I can't fathom where <laughs> every single <laughs> week I'm like... You find the money. Oh, good, for, good for you guys. You, you find know, the money. You hunt the deals, right? The thing is, I like... Mean, I spend all my money on food instead of things that I can keep. So you guys are, <laughs> you guys you are know, way ahead of me. It's funny because obviously you have the wife and kid. Uh, even Steven got on me yesterday. Like I was telling him that I've surpassed him in the physical media realm because uh, <laughs> my pops found a 35 millimeter print. So not only... Am I now in the uh, market for laser discs and VHSs? I'm also now apparently collecting actual live film. And Stephen goes, "Oh yeah, will you get married here sometime soon? See how much you can afford." <laughs> so now, now he's got excuses why he's not keeping up. I in will the game. say, I will say, one of the things that I am most excited for, and I and I'm serious about this. It's not just a, a con for me to keep buying movies. Is that I do look forward to, you know, we're down the road with the kids. Like, I think that that will be one of the coolest things that I could share. And that is, that's, that's one of the things that, um, keeps driving me to like pick up these movies that might go away because if, you know, I'd like to hope that, uh, the, uh, the offspring of Stephen King loves movies as much as, as I do. And, and if that's the case, I want to be able to say, Hey, look, you got a jump start, kid. This is true. Steven, <laughs> Steven Jr. needs to see Malabimba. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing. That in mind, you're going to have to have, <laughs> like... Well, it'll be a, a few years. Yeah, a yeah, it will be. over to the side <laughs> where yeah. a couple of these titles will not be within well, reach. I'll just have to rearrange the shelf to where they can't reach. Like, all everything watchable will be down low, and as they grow up, that'll be my, that'll be my marker. If you're that tall, you can watch that movie. Daddy, what's Maniac? <laughs> like, no! <laughs> But no, that's that's one thing that I am excited about because that's, you know, I, I know when I was growing up watching movies was something that I was like, you know, I, I loved and physical media wasn't kind of, these boutiques and stuff didn't exist and these, I mean, these crazy ass deep dive movies, I mean, they were probably on VHS somewhere, but we weren't going to Walmart and buy, you know, buying those. And no. so I do think it'll be fun to introduce, I mean, even, even the classics, you know, and to be able to like. Show them. I, I remember how the the fascination is even bigger when you're younger at the the shelves and seeing the colors and the and the art. And so being able to kind of hand that off is something that I I am looking forward to. So that's another thing. That's another reason why I keep reeling them in. So if, if we're going down a list to try, I mean, I think we've almost not. Hopefully, we haven't ruined a marriage. But with uh, Devin and Danielle, <laughs> I know that when we started, we started, you know, name dropping all these movies and everything. Devin went into overdrive buying movies, which good for you, buddy. Rick's but, been slinging the titles, and and yeah, Devin bought every yeah. movie. Rick, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, we, I, nothing like, we recommended. He's like, what are you well, going to talk about know. on the cast this weekend? I'm like, well, I'm probably going to talk about X, Y, and Z. He's like. I got it. I'm on my way. I'm going to grab him. <laughs> he was on his way to finish. On his stuff. way, man. He's in the pop vinyl game now. Lord knows how many of those he has. Oh. Danielle, I am sorry. <laughs> Love you. So I, I know that we're trying to influence some people in there. But, I mean, if we're going down a list, like, the collector in me, like, having it in my hand is something. Like, we, we talked about the artwork. Some of these cats, like... Um, uh, Screen Factory, for instance, like the limited edition appeal. Like, they've been doing this thing, which, damn it, if they haven't got me every single time they've done it, where they put out only a thousand units of a movie. 
That is... As soon as I see it, it turns my stomach because I'm like, oh, well, there's money. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love it. And that's I'm the scared. thing. These are movies that I have in the foggiest idea what they are. Like, I look them up and I, I literally bought this Barbarian two-pack of, like, 80s, uh, like... After Conan movies, like they look like absolute rubbish. I do have a question. So, do you do you like watch trailers or anything on these, or do you just read the description or just look at the artwork and say, "I want it"? I, it depends ever- on the movie. Like honestly, this one I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch the trailer for Amazon's or you just want to go in blind surprise. On or- that, I do like. But if it's something that looks like it's taking itself serious, then I'd probably watch the trailer, kind of get a feel for it. Maybe read, like, a spoiler review or whatever. But, no, it's something like that. There was another one I bought, a handful. But they've been doing these, like, thousand-run things. And uh, they get me. They get Because they know that there's us two sitting behind the computer. Or rather not him sending me the link. Not again! Yeah, they got me! <laughs> but you win again! <laughs> oh, man, it, it's killer. But there is a flip side to that. With... as. This whole thing to me is beautiful. The the art of collecting and, you know, it's kind of like Pokemon came back in, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Everybody's, oh, look at my holographic Charizard. I'm like, oh, man, look, I got this uh, Women in Prisons movie from Scream Factory. You know, like, <laughs> it's it, crazy. Me and him are always, huh? First edition? Yeah, there's only a thousand of them made. Ain't nobody got them. <laughs> only 999 other cats got this movie. Holographic? <laughs> nah, it was pretty pretty skimp on the features, too. Sorry, but I'll quit I, Pokemon clipping. <laughs> <laughs> but th- there is the downside of that with how beautiful this thing is to me. eBay. eBay, to me, has become like a source of pleasure and pain. Mm-hmm. Because I went on there the other day and I found an out-of-print movie still wrapped up in the original plastic for the original asking price. Wow. Out of control. Wow. Because right down from that one, a guy was asking like $150 for that same movie. Was it buy it now or was it bid? Oh, no, no. It was buy it now. Okay. Yeah. These guys are out. And especially, I I know we keep using that word boutique, boutique. They are doing like a boutique experience. Like they're bringing out something with the absolute best quality, best version, best special features, best artwork. But they're doing them in limited runs. So these uh, scalpers, these rotten bastards, <laughs> are buying them off the shelf with no intention of watching them. They are making their money. I mean, they do them with shoes. They do them with, I don't know, sports memorabilia. Yep. I don't care about those things. When I got to pay $100 for this movie that very well may not be any good, <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, Vice Academy... Yeah, I bought the. I'm not telling you how much I paid for those damn movies, but I'll tell you, it was a lot. It I'll was, tell you. <laughs> but it, so, <laughs> people like that, I fucking hate people that price gouge. Yeah, like that, I hate them, and especially, particularly people around Christmas oh. that buy like the hot toys. Mm-hmm. And then yank the prices up because they know that parents absolutely need that toy to satisfy their kid. You're a piece of shit. That's the they wouldn't scum have done of the that earth. To Arnold Schwarzenegger in the nineties. They do it with <laughs> Give video me the turbo man. all the time. Yes, I'll go out and buy a a PS5, and then I'll yank it up four hundred bucks on on 
Facebook Marketplace, and I know somebody will buy it because they want to play it, and I want to just make a quick buck. That's what I had to Fuck do. Fuck you. That's what I had to do with my. And I yeah. Had, I haven't even played it yet, but I bought my Nintendo Switch when everybody was losing their freaking minds. Yeah. I, huh? <laughs> I, it's still in a. You're gonna sell it to me for eight hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I got a deal for you, buddy. But I bought that uh, Nintendo Switch because, like, everybody in the internet was like. I have it in hand, a thousand dollars. I'm like, what are you talking about? This thing was two hundred dollars or whatever. So like, when I walked by, uh, it was Target or Walmart. I forget. I remember I messaged you. I was yeah. like, Look at this! And I was like, Mister, Mister, open yeah. the case. And like, I went home, and then like the next day, they were back on the shelf. So I ate my money. No, but <laughs> they were red hot there for a minute. Yeah, and I, that, that's a whole I should just game. sell mine for a million dollars right now. Quit the podcasting game and just get out. <laughs> Me and Scott will fight before this cast is over. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to sell it to somebody else. I'll sell it to you around Christmas, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a problem. It's it's, But that's, I guess, you know, you run the risk. That's when you do those limited runs. And I get why they do it. It's I mean, smart business. Total, it makes total sense. And it, it, it does definitely give that, you know, the movie the worth, right? The, especially when they put all this work into it. And it costs a lot of money to produce these movies and put them out. So it makes sense that you're not going to make four million copies of, you know, an obscure film from that you might have found and, and are trying to give some love to. But, man, the, the people who do that on purpose, special place in hell. You're right. I didn't realize <laughs> at first that it has to do – some of these limited runs, like, obviously they're going to be movies they know. It's not going to be like a Beastmaster right. or something like this. That is a cult following followed movie that everybody knows about in a certain uh, genre, right? Whereas the ones that I've bought that are like you know the thousand runs, they're going to be smaller movies of niche. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But it also has to do with like licensing. I didn't think too much about that until I started really diving into it. Is they only get like they're only allowed. To like sell so many, which is weird to me because you'd think that they'd be like, yeah, you can sell as, as many as you want as you to. Can make money on it, yeah. But uh, I digress. We're going down the list. You got the artwork. You got the collectability of it. But I mean, the main draw is the special features. And I know we're going to disagree on one big thing here. Okay. We've talked about it slightly, but I wanted to get this on air. Let's do it. I'm not a commentary guy. Oh, right, like, right, right. Like over the film, I will watch all of the interviews on the disc. I want to know... You know, how the composer felt. I want to know how the actor, actress, the gaffer, the whole business. I want to know their experience on the film. I just did that. I, I only deal with movies I really enjoy. Sometimes the movie I really hate, I'll listen to an interview. But like an over-the-film commentary to me is jarring. It's like that it, fucking guy that won't <laughs> stop talking in the theater. But do we kind of not do the same thing here? Well, I mean, in if a we're, weird way. If no. We, we are talking about the movie. Well, that's what he he digs. Like he digs like after the fact, and I like yeah. those a lot too. I don't have a problem with the like. So like you're watching the movie and like you just hear like say like a director commentary track, right? I like that simply because I think you get if you sit somebody down like like this, and I ask you questions about the movie, and you say, oh, you know, X, Y, and Z, a lot of good insights. But when you're watching it, and you can literally tie like. The, the the actual image like a lot of times for me I geek out over special effects right I I like knowing how they pulled something off in a movie and they can say that but when they're watching it too there's just something about seeing it. like you can talk about the little nuances and I've learned a lot from those it, it is jarring and you have to go in you, I mean you sort of have to go into it like putting that in the back and just like you know like almost like just listen right like you can't really watch the movie while that's going on but 
I have I have come across a lot of really great insights on commentary tracks because I think it does sort of like I don't want to say remind it jogs their memory. But you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that here's a great story about that. It's not necessarily like dialed up questions. It's like, oh yeah, this was a great story about X, Y, or Z. I, I dig it, but I guess it just comes down to like you guys. I'll watch movies with you, and nine times out of ten, when we're watching a movie, we're not. T- we've already seen it. It's yeah. something we've seen a million times, something like that. We'll talk throughout. We'll have a couple beers or whatever. That's fine. Right, right. When right. I'm in the theater, when I'm at home, bro, I, people <laughs> talking during a movie is it's different, and that's what it is to me. And I'm not saying like I'm not going to listen to De Palma, Scorsese, these guys talk over it, like. If I know what I'm getting into, but some of these guys just ramble off. You can hear them snoring in the background. <laughs> I'm like, wake the guy up, you know? Like, I don't know. It's just not my thing. I will get down on all the other special features, but you will, unless it's something really specific, you're not going to find me with the commentary on. You're not going to do it. I, I hear you. I, Especially yeah. with limited time. We, I mean, we're working... We're working well, men. We've got hundreds of movies to watch. You can't spend all you the time. You can't do it. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if it's got like a five, like a include, uh, there was like a five minute uh, interview with uh, old Jane Fonda about doing her thing on. Cl- Absolutely, I'll throw that on. I'm not going to rewatch the movie again <laughs> after I just did it. It just, I get it. I know why they're there. I love the uh, love put into them. Just not my bag. Not I hear my you. Bag. I hear you. I like them, but then that's the beauty of it because we're getting so many special features these days that you can kind of tackle it in your own speed. Like if you want to do, if you don't want to watch that, that's fine because you can learn a shit ton from so many other things that are that are on that disc. And and that's really too what it kind of boils down to is like learning about. If you, all right, I'll say this: we put a lot of movies on our shelves that we may or may not be the biggest fans of, just for the sake of having them and kind of like preserving those movies in a way. You don't have to be hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of movies deep in your collection in order to appreciate physical media. I mean, if you got like a top fifteen favorite movies, why not own them? If you if you if they're in your top ten, they deserve to be on a shelf in your house. Well, this is what uh, like a three by six shelf right here, and you have how many here? I think on this. Oh, actually, so this is just the Blu-rays here. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual count as of right now is six hundred thirteen on this shelf. Not taking up all that much space. No. I'm going to do my count. Well, he's got I'll, more I'll, than I'll me. be back tomorrow. But I don't have my DVDs up here. This is all just my Blu-rays. And I still wouldn't have. See, he's got more than me even if I did add those. In. I'm probably pushing 1,000, maybe like 800 total in my in my collection. But I have way more Blu-rays than I have DVDs. One of, one of the feathers in my cap, and I'm serious about this, was when I had no idea that the first Blu-ray Criterion... I got you for your birthday. I'm so I'm no, stoked because he has a ton of Criterion DVDs, but I bought him his first Blu-ray. So like, I don't know you did if it on purpose. I had no, I didn't no, even he, know it. He he didn't know because I I went out of my way to tell him. So for for years because I have a lot of Criterion. Yeah, but like continuity's sake for me is a big <laughs> deal, and like I had a handful of them, I and I, I just kept buying them. I'd be going to vintage stock at a million different price or whatever. And he's like, you know, the Blu-rays are better. I'm like, yes, I know the Blu-rays are better. <laughs> but it's also, they don't... Ring me up, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and take my hundreds of dollars for these movies. Don't try to talk me into upselling. But, like, they weren't the same size. <laughs> you know? And I, I, I got into them later. And we talked to this uh, a couple episodes back. It took me years to get into Blu-ray just as a whole. Because I was like, this is silly. I'm not going to pay more money for just a little better picture. Then you realize 
No, nah, no, nah, it's considerably better picture. It is considerably better. When I have to pop a DVD in, it's it's rough at times. So my ACFA, I'm trying to get the whole catalog. I don't have it all yet. I'm getting I'm getting there. But um, I had my DVDs with the Blu-rays. Yeah, and I it was that. weird. But I was just, because I, I was keeping the spines in line, so I knew what I had to buy. But it's, some of those, just, it's like, there's such deep dives. These movies are in such poor format when they find them. There's no way. You're not going to get to that gorgeous quality of uh, Blu-ray. I mean, say that when we get to the what we've been watching uh, segment, I have two TV movies from the early 70s that are beautiful. So, I mean, and that's the thing, just the care they put into the picture quality. Absolutely. It's crazy to me. Do you think you guys will ever make the jump to 4K Ultra? I have a few. I, I Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to. I mean, like, I have a handful, too, and I'm going to have to eventually, right? I like it. I mean, it. eventually, we'll probably look at Blu-ray as we're looking at DVDs now. And there's, like, a, a lot of times, I think where we're at with Blu-ray and where we're at with physical media, one of the craziest things to think about is, like, this is as good as these movies will ever look. Yeah. They, a lot of them will never get ported to 4K. And they'll just, I mean, you know. It'll it doesn't be make any sense. Right. And when you think about that, it's kind of like this is a movie that was shown on like grindhouse, like screens, like, like a, a sloppy theater, you know, on 42nd Street. And it looks just gorgeous. But th- this is as good as it will ever. Like it, it, when you think about like how this is like top tier forever, more than likely anyway, that's that's something that kind of like, I mean, it's kind of stops you in your tracks. Like this is like film history right here. This is as good as it'll ever get. And I'm glad you said that. It's a good segue. Like for me, I mean, you've seen, like, the aisle in my house. That's yeah. Just been, to me, it's a library. It's a living record yes. of cinema. hundred percent. I'm not trying to keep my pinky out and say, like, you know, hoity-toity thing, but it is. hundred percent. A hundred percent a living history of yes. cinema right there. Like, every, every, everything from my, you know, my silent films all the way up to, I don't know, the newest movie I just bought, like, two days ago. I bought, you know, Crawl, Mortal Kombat. Right, right, right. Out, yeah, stuff like yeah. this. Like... Over a hundred years of cinema right there on my shelf. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. And From, you don't get that yeah. on streaming, right? Like that that's like to tie that back, like yes, it's there. You can watch it, but to be able to appreciate it, it, it I just the progression, if you will, of it is the problem for me. Like it sounds old, but you can't you don't have to discard one to have the other. They can exist at the same time. And I think it's important for as film lovers to maybe embrace both. You know, I I do think that physical media is the most important option, and I would obviously pick that over anything else. But if you have both, that's the best. You know, that's the best, best of both worlds, and that's yeah. best for the film community. Not everybody can is going to be able to go out and sling hundreds of dollars. Well, well what he's <laughs> saying is, when you get in the podcast game and you're just bawling out of control, and you can afford it, do it. If you can't, that's fine. There's yeah. Netflix for you, poor bastards. <laughs> Well, you can stream it, and you can also stream it and then decide to buy it, which is nice. And I think that it, it's a cool – because I've discovered stuff on streaming that I never – that maybe existed in physical media format, but it wasn't, like, highlighted by one of these boutiques. All right. Let's just kind of put a bow on the on the conversation because we're getting ready to start launching some videos where we talk about these different, these different stores that we go to and we shop at, and we talk about, like, what we – I don't know what we prefer in physical media, what we don't, what we, you know, just highlight these awesome, awesome purchases that, that, uh, well, at least what we think are awesome purchases. Like I, I, I kind of, I'm really excited to see what people think, but whether you're a collector per se or not, it's not the point. The point is to appreciate the movies you love. 
right? I mean, you would do that with anything. You buy a jersey, right, of your favorite player. You do these things because you know you you love them and you and you you come back to them all the time and. And it's something that gives you that that joy, right? And so if you're a, if you're a movie lover, when somebody comes over and sees those movies, that's a little bit of you right there. I, I'm, once again, yes. you're really knocking them up, you know, lobbing <laughs> them in there for fun. me. But I mean, I guess when you get up to like close to two thousand films, it's kind of hard to like narrow it down to a person. But I can look at your shelf as opposed to somebody else's, and I know that's your show. Absolutely, not not just because I see it every week, but I mean, I could be like, yeah, that's Steven. And you can look at mine pretty yeah. well, even with the thousands of the movies I have. You're like, yeah, that's Scott right there. Nobody else would have this trash, right. you know. No, and no. I, I guarantee, <laughs> I, I don't know how many you have, but I'm pretty sure I can look at Rick's and yeah, I, because I, uh, because I got you most of them. Yeah, <laughs> well, some of them anyway. Yeah. yeah, I got them in a couple Tupperwares. Um, or Rubbermaids, whatever. Not Tupperware. <laughs> no, Rick, no. Walk it out. Dude, my house is like six by eight feet. I got to pick my... <laughs> hey, well, as long as Jamie Foxx has a seat at the table, that's all that matters. He is on my shelf. Very good. He is. Well, anyway, any last words before we move on to uh, a couple, uh, maybe drop a couple recommendations this week? Uh, well, I... Well, I guess kind of give him like a, a spoiler warning. Uh, Steven and I have talked about this one in particular for a while. I know you've heard us talking about uh, certain labels over the past 16 episodes. And I think for like a big first YouTube episode, I think that'd be a good idea. Like get people like acquainted who don't know what Vinegar Syndrome, Shout Factory, Severin, all these places are. Yeah. And, you know, if they're still listening at this point... <coughs> With some of the nonsense that you've recommended them, <laughs> I think that this will really be a good way for them to like know where to find this stuff. There's enough ghouls out there to listen that you know they, they'll side with me. So I, I think it'd be a, a fun. It's, <laughs> it, hell, it'd even be uh, even be good for Rick to see <laughs> to see uh, you know where where to start buying our Christmas gifts at. Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of the I'm movies getting you that, a Netflix streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of these movies that we've kind of been impressed by, like, you know, Cruel Jaws only made it onto the cast because we were able to get it finally from one of these, from Severin, I'll name drop him here, the wonderful release of Cruel Jaws. Love it or hate it, it is a piece of history, and it's... It's a piece of something. Uh, near and dear to our <laughs> shark-loving hearts. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I will still, if we do nothing else... We got people to watch Cruel Jaws. Yes, we did. I mean, I feel like we got more people to watch Cruel Jaws than Cruel Jaws the movie <laughs> did when it came out. So that's that's a good deal. But no, no, I'll, I'll shut up until uh, they can see our pretty faces on a uh, camera, and then we'll gush more about it. All right, Rick, any last thoughts on the physical media case before we roll on? You know, I do sound hypocritical because I made this point before. Every time I, I talk about a recommendation or whatever, I tell you guys it's on Netflix, it's on Hulu, it's on. And I could argue a bit for those as well. But, um, yeah, I would hate to, uh, I would hate to, um, lose. This beautiful shelf right. that you have here, you know, if you didn't go out and buy them and, and if if all there's left is streaming services, it's just going to take one bad storm, and then you're playing Parcheesi. So, yeah. 
Damn right. And nobody wants to play Parcheese. I don't even know how to play Parcheese. I don't even know what Parcheese is. I know how is. to watch Pirates of the Caribbean, though. But the, Damn right. And that's the thing. If you want to watch Pirates of the Caribbean, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be on Disney, right? If you want to watch, I'm just looking over here. If you want to watch Critters 3, do you think Critters 3 is on Disney? No. no. I can tell you it's not a Disney it's movie. It's not on Disney. But I, it, I can almost assure you that it's not on any streaming service. You'll watch you Action know USA? Yeah, you know yeah. what you can watch those? <laughs> Minus Steven Shelves. Damn right. We got them. And you know what? We'll rent them to you for a very small fee. There you go. <laughs> Where you shouldn't watch them, though. On your fucking phone. That's where you shouldn't watch them. I'm glad you said At that. Least once a I love month how David Lynch just sprinkles in every now and then. We can go off. We don't have enough time for another hour, but you scuzzballs, I do appreciate you listening on your phone to this beautiful <laughs> podcast. That's different. It's not the same thing. Oh my God. Can you imagine <laughs> what Christopher Nolan, he's walking down the street and sees you watching Tenet? He might resort to bodily harm. And I'd be right there with him. I hear you. All right, guys. Well, that's that's a I said that's a wrap on our I guess our initial pitch. But we will be back with way more physical media stuff coming up in the next few coming weeks, if you will. Um, and we're excited to kind of hear what you guys have too. Like any collectors out there, any you know, if you got uh, movies that are your you, you know your your favorite movie that you have and you've you've watched that disc a million times, let us know. Next week we will be covering the. One of the biggest launches this year. It's something we've been anxiously awaiting, and I think for uh, for fans of just good old fashioned uh, throwdown fight movies, is one that you've been anxiously awaiting. Mortal Kombat will be next week's episode. So, um, spoiler alert for Mortal Kombat: there was a lot of neck beards in that theater, a whole bunch of them. There was a lot of. We are just hitting all the bingo <sighs> spots today. I got one left. <laughs> I got one left. Well, there's some neons in there. I was going to drop it. No, but there was a lot of heavy breathing. It was just a bad group to be in, but I had a good time. I'll say that. Let's dive into some recommendations for this week, guys. Movies that you want to put on our our listeners' radars. Rick, what do you got? So, um, I took my toddler to the movie theaters for the first time beautiful. ever yesterday. Yes! Isn't that beautiful? I love that. I, okay, I'll put kind of an asterisk on that. A year and a half ago when he was about a year and a half we went to the Omaha Zoo and we hit the IMAX then. Cool. Um, saw some kind of like sea life movie or something underwater, all that stuff. Um, and he thought it was cool for about 15 minutes <laughs> and then, you know, he turned back into a child and, and got a little squirrely. So... We had a couple of AMC gift cards that we got like two Christmases ago. And we're like, why don't we just try the movie and and we'll see how it goes. So we saw Raya and the Last Dragon. Cool. Um, like I said, saw it at AMC. It was really the experience was really cool because he walked in and and AMC's not as as like it used to be. And you, you walk on the concrete and it's sparkling and all that stuff. And then you walk in and it has like the constellations up top. Well, they don't have that anymore. That would have been cool to show him. It's whack. Yeah. It's a bummer, man. It is a bummer. Um, But anyways, yeah, we we jumped in the movie. We made it about an hour. We made it about halfway through it before it was just – we got the very top row, and he sat there for a while, but then he wanted to start running around. Anyway, about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was good. It's about um, Raya and – her father, who was the um, like the chief of this clan, and 
the story goes is there's this like a long time ago there were dragons and there's this like blackness that like kind of rolls over the land and turns everything into stone and it turns the people into stone turned all the dragons into stone but one who like used her special power to make this like crystal and it basically like repelled and erased all of the i forget the name of it um but the dad Years down the road, the dad of Raya, he wants to bring all the clans together. There's five of them, I believe. And um, short, long story short, the crystal gets, in an attempt to steal the crystal, it gets broken, which then releases that darkness, um, starts turning everything into stone. And so the story is her trying to find that last dragon who is hidden in one of the hundreds of rivers there. Um, but, I mean, pretty solid. I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to to finishing it one day. I know it's on Disney Premiere Access right now. I'm not going to pay that, especially since you shouldn't anyway. You should go to the theater and see it. Absolutely. Um, maybe if you got to keep it, but I mean, you don't get to keep these premieres. You, you get 24 hours or something, 48 hours after you start it, and then you got to give it back. And you know, I can see the argument for these whenever it's like an HBO Max type thing. I want to take my three-year-old to the theaters and see Raiden and, and Sub-Zero fight, or I can stay at home and save money. I've already paid for the subscription and get right. snacks. Da, 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 da. Um, but, you know, taking taking him in there, like, I just, I know you touched on it, but, like, it's the, like the wonderment, right? Yeah, like, it's awesome. You can't trade that in. You That's, know, he's, he's seen a screen that size one time in his life, and he probably didn't even remember it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, I... I didn't want to get too close because I didn't want to overwhelm him. So I got, like I said, the very last row and it mm-hmm. was good because nobody ended up sitting in that row and he could kind of roam. Um, but yeah, he really, he really dug it. And I think we'll, we'll probably try again maybe in six months to a year, Cool. but it was really cool to, to experience, let him experience something new. I know. Like I, I've talked about it a couple of times on the cast. I remember, you don't remember everything from that, you know, those early, early movies, but you do remember the wonderment, like the size, the captivation of everything, the movie theater. Um, hell, you remember like the smells and shit too, like I mean, yeah, the popcorn yeah. and stuff. Man. Yeah. yeah, I let him pick out his own candy, and we got to the candy rack, and there's you know, twenty, thirty different candies there. What well, kid doesn't want to do that? What do he pick? He's a chocolate fan. There we go. Uh, I mean, he likes okay. all of it, but he's 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 in, he got M and M's, plain M and M's. I gotta say. Good choice. It's yeah. very close to the Reese's Pieces, and I respect the call. I mean, I tried <laughs> to sway him to the Red Vines because I, I <laughs> for practicality purposes, I, I didn't want him to get you know it's a messy snack M and M's, and he just sat there and shoveled the whole thing in his mouth. I mean, I, I, hands were all chocolatey, but I don't know how he didn't end up with a tummy ache. He's a tank. I do. I do want to see that uh, Ryan the Last Dragon. That looks pretty dope. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, they. they it was from. Kind of the same people that did Moana and Frozen. So yeah, um, yeah. So it looks good, is what you're saying. Oh, it, visually it was crazy, and that was where I was going to work the neons in before you took my thunder. <laughs> I was when I was buying tickets yesterday. I, I I looked at a couple of Rotten Tomatoes reviews just because I like to always do that. And yeah. basically, the consensus was, you know, the story isn't quite elite as some of the other you know Pixar films, but visually it is stunning. As an animated film, so it looks great. Awesome, good job. Me, all right. What well. you got, man? Oh, uh, 
If we're doing a bingo thing, I'll try to run through mine really quickly, like I say every single week. I uh, watched Tango and Cash from the uh, year of our Lord, 1989. And I'd seen this a long time. You know, the big uh, buddy cop team up with old Sly Stallone and Kurt Russell. It's not bad. I mean, you know I love my mindless action movies, but I kind of felt the same way I did when I watched... uh, Oh, Hobbs and Shaw. There was stuff there. And you'd think with these two bankable stars, there'd have been more. But, the, the, I mean, there was not so much story to speak of. There's Jack Palance, like, in the same time period where he did Batman. You're my number one guy. Just, like, chewing the scenery. You don't really know what's going on. You know that, weirdly enough, Stallone's playing the uptight one. Like, he's got, like, a you know, suit. And, you know, Kurt Russell's got a mullet so they can't get along. And it, like... It's preposterous, but it's still very fun, you know. For sure, Tango and Cash. Every you like throw two last names in the bill, like on the title, it, it, it you, you run the risk of it being uh, yeah. a little wild, right? <laughs> Classic. But here's when I say that, not a lot of people talk about that movie in like the, uh, you know, the history of the big action movie. I think that it kind of just fell flat. Like every now and again, somebody will bring it up, and honestly, a guy from work. Hey, you seen Tango and Cash? I have, but not a long time. So it reminded me to. I had it on my shelf. I pulled it out and just watched it the other day. It's it's not bad, but it's just not. It's not everything else they did though. But uh, these next two were uh, Kino Lorber releases that I know that uh, you don't have. Uh oh. Because we went back and forth on these, and I, this is something I'm so surprised it took me forever to actually watch these because this is 100% in my wheelhouse. And it is 1972's The Night Stalker and 1973's The Night Strangler. And if those uh, names sound like just gibberish to you, um, let me sell you. They sound right right down my alley. uh, Yeah, (laughs) they're down your alley. But um, how I even found out about, like my mom had mentioned them before, you know, was something she saw when she was younger. But I am a big Big X-Files fan. That's just, you know, one of the uh, guilty pleasures of my life is the X-Files. Every now and again, I'll just dive deep into the fact where I'm seeing little green men, right? And there was an episode where um, Darren McGavin, the star of the Night Stalker series and two movies I'm getting ready to talk about, popped up as the, like, originator of the X-Files. And I kind of did some deep diving, and I realized that this show, which came out, uh, a year after this last movie was like the precursor to the X-Files. So the Night Stalker and Strangler, Strangler, try to say that again, uh, follows Darren McGavin as Carl Kolchak, who's literally just a good reporter. He's not an FBI agent. He's not a paranormal investigator. He's just a reporter that just happens to be finding his way in really shitty situations. The uh, Night Stalker, and both of these are TV movies. Like, they just kind of one-offed them. And the Stalker did very, very well. So they followed it up with The Strangler. And then a TV series that was short-lived, but apparently just as beloved. I'm watching them next. But uh, The Stalker follows uh, Darren McGavin as he's uh, on his way through Las Vegas. And this mother... Finds his way into, like, a trail of bodies with a real-life vampire. And he's trying to tell everybody. And he's he's very funny. He's an older cat. And he's trying to explain to people, like, hey, these, these chicks are getting their blood sucked through their neck. There's extraordinary power here. 
I don't mean to be that guy. It's probably a vampire. And of course, everybody, you don't want to alarm the people as it is. And there's a cover up. And it's, it's very X-Files, but it's the very funny episodes of the X-Files. And you get those peppered in there with that show. So if you dig that kind of stuff, oh, I guess the second one, of the Strangler, it's a guy who uh, is like trying to get it. I don't know, immortality by also stealing the virtue of young women with their blood. It's very blood-oriented, the first two. But uh, they're very, very good. It's early 70s. The second one's in Seattle. There's an underground sequence. It's beautiful. But it's got like a jazzy score. McGavin's cracking jokes. He's bebopping and scatting. I cannot wait to watch the show. But I'm just surprised it took me this long to watch them. And, And this is what I alluded to earlier. These movies came out in 72 and 73. Television movies... And the colors on these bad boys just pop. Man, it looks so good. Kino did a really good job with the restorations. You dig them. Oh, They're yeah. a breezy watch, like a buck 14 and a buck 30, respectively. Uh, last one, very quickly, I watched uh, Alexander Aja's uh, Crawl. Again. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's a great creature feature. It is. All the way around, the kills are there. Uh, fast-paced alligator movie. Can't say much more. Get stuck in the basement in a hurricane. They're gators. It's really good. Do you see that, Rick? I haven't. I need to. I oh, want you, to. You, you dig it. It's real good. So uh, there's, a, there's a little uh, mixing it up there on that list. Hell yeah. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of of his in general. Um, uh, he he can do a he can do a flick, man. Yeah. From what high tension, high tension, and he did that Hills Have Eyes remake. Piranha. Which, uh, Piranha. Yeah, in three dimensions. So yeah, that um, that that man knows how to how to scare some audiences. So and I and the creature feature, you, you sort of have me at gators, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, so that's a good watch. Okay, you you watch crawl already, right? Yes, I don't have it yet. The, damn it! Oh, what are you doing? I know the most effective death in that is the one that they pull back on. Right, that was the one in theaters, and I was watching it the other day. Shout out to uh, Sonny, Micah, and. Uh, who the hell else was I watching it with? There's another guy who listens. I forget. He's going to be real pissed. I <laughs> uh, uh, really appreciate he's you too, be, buddy. He's going to be fucking so many trucks up. Dang <laughs> it. <laughs> um, that red light going to be on all night. <laughs> oh, dang it. Oh, this is, this is going to hurt. Um, Nick. Nick was the other one. But I digress. Nick. Um, <laughs> damn it. He's going to be like, oh, it took you a minute and a half to say my name. Okay, yes. You take five bathroom breaks the first hour you're there, Nick. <laughs> He's got the same job as me, oh, so yeah, yeah, he can take out however many he wants to. But uh, he he does a really good job of like putting the action in front of you while something is happening behind you when that right, gator right. pops up on that boat, and it's pretty gruesome. Like, and I was I was telling the guys like, hey, here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they were as impressed as, as I was, but man, it's just a fun ass movie and all the way around. You know, it, I I I love when a creature feature gets it right because, like, a lot of times they just sort of, you know, they missed a lot. You know, it's it's easy to kind of like crank out the, the the old sci-fi originals, even if like folks okay. like us love them. But when they get it right, the way that Crawl did, I mean, it's it actually is a very very good um, creature feature. And the, the one thing I was thinking of watching this one for the second or third time was usually in these movies you have a big bad. That's not the case here. Right. The alligators are the, but it's it's a it's a group of them. It's not just like, you know, you have your Bruce and Jaws. Right. You have, you know, the one that's after you 100%. Well, this one, I mean, they don't have, like, Betty the alligator after you, you know? They have right. run from everything. And I, I really dug that. It really, 
lends itself to the tension of it. I, I've always thought gators were incredible, but when we went to Florida, I'm just just a little sidebar here, but we went on one of those like fan boat tours. Oh man, Cry- it, it, it is no joke. Those things are one of the most legitimately scary animals. And, and we were probably like maybe 10 feet from like this 15, 16 foot alligator. And I, you don't really appreciate it. And I'm sure that's, you know, that's run of the mill for a lot of people. They see them all the time. And I, I but, you know, being from uh, the Midwest, seeing that for the first time was like humbling. This alligator was yeah, chilling. Because he had just eaten another alligator. Like, they're like, oh, that guy's just hanging out here. He's kind of digesting. He just ate another alligator a couple days ago. Oh, they're my cannibalistic? God. Okay, I, I got kind of the same thing. Uh, I forget where we went. It was one of the cruises. I think in 2015, we were down in some tropical place. It was beautiful. But we're walking around on this island, and I don't know why everybody wasn't shitting their drawers. Because I'm <laughs> looking right. around... And there are Komodo dragons <laughs> wandering around. Like, there's not a fence. There's not an anything. There's one mean mug and mother... F- he, I guess a thing is, like, if their tail, you know, gets cut off, they can regenerate them because they're super... He- well, not human. They have superpowers. <laughs> this mother had, like, a two-part tail. And he was just like a, a mean-ass or- dude. And he's just like... <laughs> Uh, insert fucking scary Komodo dragon noise. But he's just walking up with these talons and just hissing at people, and they're like, oh, they're fine. They kill people. They're they're, not fine. They're fine. I'm not. I'm on vacation. I'm not on safari. And I just remember this intense fear while everybody else is like, oh, having a great time. I don't want to die today. When we went to Omaha, they have a, a swamp section there. Where it's that's where like all the weird snakes and and like capybaras and like weird like <laughs> I, weird things. They had two massive. I believe they were both alligators, and there was one like you said, probably twelve to fifteen feet long. I mean, it is humbling. There man, that's tanks. And they had an albino one there. Oh wow! Yeah, I've never seen one before. I mean, and the only thing that was keeping them from us are, like, mesh. There, there's nothing there. If this thing wanted to go on a killing spree, it would just take nothing. What a, you used to have that pet store right down the road from you in North Oak. Uh-huh. Not uh, nobody, like, look up Stephen's address. <laughs> but uh, they had that, like, 20-foot albino python in there. This thing was as big around, bigger around than both of my legs put together, and they would feed it just live rabbits. And it was in the like you go into like the little reptile room. Do you know what I'm talking? About? It was uh, yeah, I, miles of exotic pets or whatever. I don't know if it's still there. It was over there by like uh, Quiznos or some such thing. Uh, and uh, you just walk in, and this thing just there. What's up, player? It's, it's wild. Twenty to be foot people are around. No kidding. Snakes like that that could kill your. Uh, we it, just it felt like it. I, I I've seen too gla- many films, man. <laughs> the glass is barely. How is it contained? Because it it's fine with it. If it wasn't fine with it, you're dead. Yeah, you see the l- little uh, shit kicker, little toddlers tapping on the glass. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you're about the size of a rabbit there, Chief. <laughs> yeah, it likes rabbit. Yeah, look at you. And I don't know, the albino of it all just made it scarier. I was like, oh, not only are you huge, you're a freak of nature, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all the albino listeners we have. <laughs> Snake can drive a car. Yeah! <laughs> He doesn't need thumbs. He's 20 foot long. What are you going to do? Oh, Ugh. shit. What'd you watch, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you watch, This is Discovery Channel Cinema. Yeah. <laughs> Discovery, that's your plus right oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this week I want to talk about Joe Bob. Guys, I this season has been outstanding. We're on episode two this week. And, you know, for those who don't know, I've, I've kind of touched on a little bit. Joe Bob Briggs does... A weekly show. He has seasons of uh, The Last Drive-In. And he'll do the double feature scenario where he, he drops uh, two movies. We don't know what they are until the night of. And this week we started off with a movie that I would have recommended well before I watched this. It is from 1999. One of the most effective horror films in the history of the genre. This is Audition from Takashi Miike. And I, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of our listeners have seen this because... This is one that if you um, fancy yourself a, a genre fan, right, th- this is one that to this day still will get under your skin. And it's just such an elegant story. You know, you start off with like this guy, it, it tells, it just, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't slap you in the face until the very end. And that's the thing, because a lot of movies kind of, kind of dole it out, right? They'll hit you here, they'll jab. Audition literally just charges up for like an hour and a half and then just nukes you in the face. And it's one of the most beautiful, (laughs) beautifully executed endings um, to a horror film that I personally have ever seen. Um, Just a story um, about a a gentleman who loses his wife and he devises this very sleazy plan with another, with a producer that they're going to create a show, uh, a fake show and host an audition for essentially his next, uh, girlfriend or wife or he wants to find a new partner and decides to do it this way and and all these actresses pour in and you just get this of course there's somebody that comes in and she she is not um she's not well and the way that the thing unrolls and the way the story ends you have one of the most effective jump scares in horror history that it, it, it knocks your socks off and every single time you watch it it just gives you those goosebumps right even if you're not jumping that first time you're going to jump you might not come out of your seat. You're going to like recoil from the screen. It is an incredible experience. Start to finish. One of the best horror films in the history of the genre. J-Horror knows how to do it. Yeah. And they, you know, it's funny because Takashi Miike, like, he's like, oh, this isn't even a horror film. Well, it's same thing like Toby Hooper about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. But this thing is, it, it resonates. It stays with you. Uh, this is, again, I've said it, what, 18 times already now. This is one of the best horror films I have ever personally seen. 100% recommend. This is Audition from 1999. Check it out. That That's one of those uh, initiation movies. Like, that's one, like, everybody talks about. I remember the first time yeah, I saw right. it, Sam and I sat down. And the, the front half's a little, it meanders a little bit, right? But we're sitting there shooting the breeze like we are now. The music would hit. And like our eyes would just be drawn to the screen and you'd just be seeing something so hauntingly horrific that we're like, 
whoa, what did we miss? You know, and oh man, it's it's a killer. Well, it's a it, banger. It's one of those ones that even if you're not paying it, to, you, you can notice some very stark decisions that uh Mieke makes with the camera. This movie's very still for the most part. You're watching this movie and he doesn't move his camera the way I in a traditionally American films we're constantly moving the frame even if you don't notice <laughs> it. It's like just a hair just to keep your eye engaged. But this this is still this is it's very routine in a lot of ways. Like and that's the idea is like this is the routine of his life. It gets you lulled in. It feels like a normal day at the office and then out of nowhere that camera starts moving. I will say that the word deeper in Japanese and the way that it's delivered in this movie is one of the most haunting things in this it, it, I've ever heard in my whole life. It's it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Flapping tongue. There's tongues, there's needles, there's I mean, you'll never look there's at a piano dog. the same way again. There's dog bowls. It's, it's Oh my God. It's it's a trip. Um, not for the night. faint of heart, but if you yeah. are a fan of of horror, if you and, and just good cinema, I'm not gonna. You can't take that away from the movie. But if you are somebody who likes to fancy themselves a horror fan and you have not seen Audition, Arrow's got a beautiful release. Grab that physical media and plug it in. Yeah. And once again, enjoy. Not a first date movie. No, 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 no. That's another kind of reoccurring thing we have, or a segment. It's not a first date movie. It was funny, like, so we were, I was watching it with Tristan last night, and God bless her, she was exhausted, and she watched, you know, we got through probably the first hour, and and she kind of started to doze off, you know, she was just laying on the couch, but she woke up when the dog bowl you mentioned was introduced, and just the rest of the movie, just like, what am I watching, Steve? Like, it, but you know, it, it. She she liked the movie. I mean, it was well. You know, she she was a little tired, but she enjoyed the film. And that's that's the you know the thing that kind of uh, sets it apart. It's not just a um, shock jock kind of film. This is a very well done movie, and he it makes is. very very distinct decisions um, with just everything from like you said the score to the to the movement of the camera. All of it is is executed perfectly. And yeah, like I said. If you're a fan of the genre, don't waste another day. Audition. Pretty good stuff. That was the first film. And second on the list for the night, we had a movie that was very stark. This is my first time watching this movie. But you go from Audition to from 1982, class of 1984. I've never seen this movie until last night. And I was just kind of like, what in the hell kind of double feature is this? (laughs) Like you go from this like J-horror legendary movie to something that's I love. I really enjoyed Class of 1984. Have you guys seen this one? I have not. This one, I it's a it's kind of like the high school from hell kind of movie. Very, you know, the, it's like the kids running the zoo yeah. kind of thing. The whole the the set pieces were very very impressive in this movie. Like you've got graffiti all over the walls. I mean, you instantly walk into the school and you can tell the kids run it. Like the kids are slipping like knives through the metal detectors, and you know at the beginning like our our lead character, um, Perry King plays this, this new music teacher. And he's like, Oh, what the kid just took a knife through. And you've got a, an outstanding performance by Roddy McDowell who plays like, kind of like, uh, I think he's a chemistry. I want to say chemistry, maybe bot or, or biology teacher, biology. I think anyway, he, he tells him uh, Roddy McDowell, he goes, the kid just snipped a, slipped a knife through the metal detector. And he goes, yeah, everybody. So what? Everybody here has got something on him. And it's right out of the gate. It's established that these these teachers are sort of like against the the they've got their work cut out for them, I guess. And it just evolves into something that's very it very clockwork orangey. Mm-hmm. Um, this sort of like gang of kids, sort of uh, 
they they kind of call out this new uh, music teacher as their enemy, like, and he sort of in, he doesn't like let them walk all over him, and because he pushes back, they dive right in on him and they go after him, and it's just some good old fashioned ultra violence. Yeah, there's some rough scenes that are later on in the movie, but just great performances all around. A lot of fun. I mean, a movie that I didn't expect to be so. I guess, effective following audition, right? There's a line in the movie about, if I recall correctly, it was about, like, like love um, and how, like, it's pain. And like, oh, well, there's the connective tissue. (laughs) But all in all, like, it was a great, I don't want to say palate cleanser, but it was something completely different, a new flavor. Um, Two very good movies that just, not necessarily in the same vein, but two movies that were fun to watch together because they were kind of that... You, you you eat this dish to start the night and it's just it's a it's a hard one to swallow but then you you kind of follow up with this there's some fun there's some disturbing sequences though at the same time but you you have a nice nice pairing there that I didn't expect so this is one that I again I would recommend this this isn't not this is not just for fans of like horror this is it is it is a horror film I I would say you can make the argument that it's not I mean more actiony but I I felt like there were definitely themes that ran throughout about um, just sort of like that, like losing control. Like, I, there's a million movies like this where it's like the kids are are losing their minds, right? They're going crazy, but they really do sort of embrace the darkness of it later on in the movie, where it's not just kids up to their old antics. It gets it gets rough, and it's this kind of like with Scuzzball at dawn or whatever it is. Oh, Deadbeat at dawn? <laughs> not exactly, but uh... Scuzzball at noon. <laughs> not exactly but it's definitely a movie that i think would surprise a lot of people if you haven't seen it um um just from the 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 heat it can bring at the same time there's a lot of funny moments and you know the kids are just devious you know just the way teenagers are right and but they they take it to those extremes at certain points and definitely a great double feature joe bob kills it every week this season has so far started out stronger than any season so far in my opinion great episode one episode two followed up solid with a good double feature audition never fails and this was a great discovery for me so i would say if you don't have a shutter subscription and you're a horror fan and you like watching movies on a friday night just try it out that's what i got recommendation of the week i can dig it i guess um, that kind of brings us to the tail end of the cast. Yeah, I got one more thing. Okay. No, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> uh, I was just waiting to see Rick's reaction. I did. You know, it was funny because while you're doing that, I was looking at your movies, and I, I'm glad because I've been writing down everything I watched. Yeah. And, and everything I bought this year, and I'm just lucky you had this movie because I remembered I did watch something I didn't write down. Oh, nice, yeah. nice, nice. I was like, woof. You saved me there, buddy. See? <laughs> Another reason. Another reason to have your uh, physical media. That's right. Help your brother out. Okay, so that's what we got. YouTube channel coming up. Physical media. If you guys got anything that you guys, like we said earlier, that you guys dig, if you if there are any labels that you guys buy from, or if you're just a just a fan of certain movies that you've uh, had on your shelf forever, let us know. Talk to us about it because this is going to be a big point of conversation going forward for us on the channel. We are always available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the old uh, Dirtbag Cinema tag. And our email address, if that's you know the route you prefer, thedirtbagcinema at gmail.com. And I can, I guess, proudly say for the first time here, you can also find us on YouTube at Dirtbag Cinema. <sighs> Let's go. Worldwide? And until next time, we will see you at the cinema, Dirtbags. Bags. <laughs>